Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Fish oil liquids that don't taste fishy. That's right. Carlson provides the most extensive line of fish oils to meet all your needs. You can take Carlson fish oils with confidence. For Carlson fish oils are tested for purity, potency, and freshness. Ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. That's right. Ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. This segment sponsored by the all-new Dickie's Legit Barbecue Pit, now open in Yucaipa, specializing in six different mouth-watering, delicious, savory, smoked barbecue meats. Dickie's, where you can satisfy your hunger with fall-off-the-bone ribs, tender pulled pork, tasty beef brisket, chicken jalapeno, cheddar spicy sausage, and regular kibasa too. It's hard to improve on their lip and tasty home-style sides like creamy mac and cheese, down-home baked potato casserole, traditional barbecue beans, and more. Kids get treated with no-charge meals on Sunday and Dickie's tosses in complimentary ice cream for everybody. Take a vacation from the kitchen this holiday with complete no-fuss meals. Dickie's in Yucaipa, tucked into the corner of the Bond Shopping Center at the corner of Oak Glen and Yucaipa Boulevard. Dickie's legit barbecue pit with food you'll never forget. Google Dickie's Yucaipa. Each year, thousands of innocent children are being physically, mentally, and sexually abused. It's up to the adult community to come to their aid. If you observe a child being abused, don't stay silent. Contact your local and proper statewide authorities. This message is brought to you by Trinity Youth Service of Yucaipa. Since 1996, Trinity Youth Service has been a premier provider of residential treatment, mental health services, foster care, and adoption services for all of Southern California. You can reach Trinity at 1-800-964-9811. That's 1-800-964-9811. Or Trinity Youth Services of Yucaipa, reminding everyone this holiday season, it should never hurt to be a child. You've heard AM, you've heard FM. Now, tune in to DM Radio, the world's longest-running show about data. Each week, host Eric Cavanaugh interviews the brightest minds in the world of information management. Want to be on a show? Send an email to info at dmradio.biz. Now, here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Hello and welcome back once again 
to DM Radio. Yes, indeed, your host, Eric Cavanaugh here, burning through year 12 of the longest-running show in the world on data. That's right, folks, 12 years wrapping up. We're planning out year 13 right now. In fact, send an email to yours truly, info at uh, dmradio.biz or info at insideanalysis.com, either way. But the story for today, amazing stories of AI in practice. Of course, we're talking about artificial intelligence. It's one of the hottest topics in the world of enterprise technology, and with good reason. AI is everywhere these days. Uh, it's really baked into lots of the platforms that we use online. The big companies like Facebook and Google, those guys are cranking away at AI like there's no tomorrow. Alibaba has some amazing stories. But there are also some sub companies that have been using this stuff for years already, and in some really interesting ways. So we're going to hear from Rob Ortiz of a company called Keyence. They've been running every business decision, every major one, through an AI engine for years. And they've finally tipped their hand. And we're going to hear from Rob what's going on there. That's going to be very exciting. And Chad Agade from a Namaste, a Canadian company in the cannabis industry. And i got to tell you, we did some research at the beginning of, or at the end of last year, I should say, doing promotions for DM Radio for this year. And I was amazed at how much innovation there is in the cannabis industry. I shouldn't be amazed because there's a lot of money in it. Here in the States, of course, it's been legalized in many of the different states across the country, even for recreational use. I think most states now have it legal for medicinal purposes. And, of course, Canada has legalized it just over a year ago. So lots of stuff happening in that space. And you get to deal with plants. I love plants. I'm a big botanist. I've always been fascinated by plants. And, of course, the cannabis plant is a very special one. And it's a very powerful one. So let's talk a bit about AI in practice. First of all, one of my favorite mantras this year, and I'm going to write a book about this, I swear, is morale. <clears throat> you know, I think morale is the single most important component of any business or of any life, quite frankly. If your morale is high, you're doing well. You can get stuff done. You're happy. You're productive. If your morale is low, you don't get a lot of stuff done. And I think morale has been low in a lot of jobs for a long time now because they're very tedious, they're very boring, they're very error-prone. Think about the data entry days. Remember that? <laughs> like in the 90s, we had all these jobs that were data entry. Just people sitting at keyboards going clickety-clickety-clickety-click, clicking in stuff that was on paper. That was the old-fashioned way. And then, of course, OCR came along, optical character recognition. I actually was talking to a company called Abby just a couple days ago who were a real pioneer in that space. So OCR came along and really facilitated the digital transformation process. But I'll tell you, artificial intelligence in particular is going to play a huge role, especially when combined with high-quality data, enough data, good people to train the algorithms. That's a really important part. Um, and also automation. So automation in and of itself, I think, is probably the most powerful technology set out there in the world today. But if you combine AI with automation intelligently, that is some really remarkable stuff, and that's going to change the game. So the other thing I'll point out is that, uh, as I've said before, in the media in particular, the narrative is always wrong, at least in some way. And the narrative around AI is that it's going to take away jobs, and so it's a terrible thing. It's like the robots. They're going to take away jobs. And that's just nonsense. It's going to take jobs in new directions, but really what it's going to do, especially when implemented efficiently, is it's going to optimize and augment jobs. So what used to be a fairly boring job is now going to be a much more interesting job because AI can tackle a lot of the really tedious, boring stuff. So there are lots of different algorithms out there. We'll talk about some of them today on the show. But the key to remember right off the bat is that 
uh, AI is really going to augment current job functions. So when it's done properly, it's going to help the human beings do much more interesting work, much more fun work, the kind of stuff that's challenging and exciting and interesting. That's what we're going to be able to do if we leverage AI effectively. So with that, let's bring in our first guest, Rob Ortiz. He's Director of Artificial Intelligence at a company called Keyence. And Rob, I'm so glad to finally get you on the show. We talked several months ago, and I was blown away by what you folks are doing with AI. So first, tell us a bit about yourself and Keyence and, uh, and this powerful engine you've been using for years now. Tell us all about it, Rob. Yeah, thanks a bunch, Eric. So Keyence is one of those companies that most people have probably never encountered before. It's probably uh, half a percentage of the individuals who'd be listening to a program like, like this would be familiar with the company name. But... Uh, We've been called one of the most important companies that no one's heard of. And part of what we do is we're actually behind the scenes and most of the innovators, and I'm kind of air quoting it for those who can't, uh, you know, obviously nobody can see me, um, in the technology space. And what we actually do is we make most of the sensing technology that drives automation. So if you think of like an autonomous car or you think of a drone or you think of uh, most airplanes now actually are flying a lot of it through autopilot uh, and through autonomous. Uh, robotics, manufacturing, things along those lines. So we're, we're supplying a lot of the devices that are doing the thinking behind the scenes for those pieces of equipment. And then now as today's moving forward, if we think about sensors, they're pretty much in just about anything that's got a battery on it. Right? You have uh, ring doorbells to cell phones to new microwaves that have more buttons than you know what to do with. Right? Those are all different sensing technologies. And, and Keyence has always been in the forefront of that space. We have a little bit of an interesting story. So we're a 45-year-old company. We're actually the, the fifth largest company in Japan. So just to give some people some kind of clarification as to where the heck we are and such. But 40-some-odd uh, 40, 40 years ago, our founder, Takazaki-san, kind of came up with this mindset that business is a science. And what we started to do is started to realize that you can actually – make equations and calculate just about everything in a business world. And then this isn't news to a lot of people from a marketing standpoint or a sales standpoint, but we were starting to identify that you could do it for everything, your supply chains, your HR, your IT. Uh, and so we started in, in 1984, we actually built an internal CRM software. Part of the reason we think that one's kind of fun as a date is if you actually research CRMs, uh, it's actually ACT was the first CRM uh, in 1986. Oh. So two years prior to, we actually had built an internal CRM software, and we actually just called it Direct Sales. Uh, we're a direct sales company, uh, so we had real boring names for it. But uh, we've actually been utilizing that system, iterations of it, uh, over the last uh, 30, 35-ish years. Uh, and then uh, about 13 years ago, what ended up happening was we started to get heavily into how do we analyze all the information that was inside of CRM, inside of ERPs. We just started to get to the point where we had so much data, and we, we were slowing down in our ability to analyze it. And so we made this decision to try to move into a field of the data science. The term data scientist, however, didn't actually happen until it was in a, a Massachusetts paper in 2001. So, we're, again, we're, we're right at that, that crutch of where the technology was, was starting, and it was impossible to hire people. So what we ended up doing is we did the same thing that Keyence has always done. Whenever we encounter a problem, we just automate it. So we ended up building our first AI platform, and we deployed it internally. 
and it worked really well. Wow. And so we built another, and we built another, and we built another. And so for the past 11-ish years, we've now turned most of the data-driven decision-making over to the softwares. And uh, it's been fantastic. It, it's, been, it's been great. That's so amazing. And can you talk about like what kinds of decisions, because this could be anything, right? Like what, how to price something or how to fork a project. Or talk about some examples that someone can implement that folks at your company have actually used this AI engine to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so some of them are real beginner steps. So what we've tended to find is different AIs work really well in the different steps of a decision-making process. So everybody kind of wants this, this cognitive AI, like a Cortana uh, type of thing, where they just, they just talk to it and it does everything. And that doesn't really work, at least not in today's tech. But some of the stuff that we're doing is iterative process. So what I mean by that is we'll ask one of the core systems a basic question. One of our philosophies is, uh, as engineers, and anybody who's an engineer listening would probably recognize it, we're, we're sort of lazy. Right? We want to get the most impact for the least amount of work. So in a lot of cases, what we'll do is we'll say, hey, I want to increase sales of this product, or I want to increase lead generation, or I want to increase our market share. And we'll run that through one of the AIs, which will produce different ideas for what would generate the largest impact from the least amount of effort. And so I may end up saying, okay, I want to increase sales of a product. And it'll look and it'll say, okay, so this product, we're realizing you've got a pricing deficiency here and you're losing opportunities based on pricing. I would suggest build a pricing model. From there, if we want to go that route, and this is where the human still gets involved, we've got to look at that and figure out, well, I don't know if I really want to modify pricing. But let's say we do. We'll then run that through another model that will look and say, okay, what is going to be the most effective price point and what's going to get us the highest profitability with the highest amount of sales uh, sales return. But we use it in everything. So uh, another good use case, um, in our HR group, what we do is we actually run all the resumes through one of our, our AI systems. And it just looks for specific keywords and context inside those resumes and then looks at all of our current and past employees and what their evaluation scores were, right? What bonuses did they wow. get? If they were a salesperson, what sort of sales results did they have? And we're starting, we've created these models that says, okay, these types of individuals significantly better performers than others. I'll give you a real interesting story. This was one of those pieces of information we were incredibly closed-lipped about for many, 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 many years. Um, But I think this was about seven, eight years ago. Uh, We had a a little bit of a retention problem. Uh, It wasn't bad, but we wanted to increase the retention on our salespeople. And so what we did was we we looked into the day. We sicked one of the AIs on the problem. We said, okay, help us figure out how to make people stay longer, right? Retention, (laughs) not an uncommon request. And it came back with a really interesting thing. So when you go through an interview process here at Kienz, you go through a number of things. You get a resume, you get, um, you go through a a technical survey, you go through some demonstration examples you have to do. Uh, We even do a a personality profile. Um, And you have to get certain scores on that. And if you get a perfect score, you can get what's, it's 120 points. Uh, it actually comes in as 12.0. It's a perfect score. Uh, and we, we only get maybe 2 or 3% of people that come through at that, at that level. Uh, the AI actually told us that in order to increase retention, we should stop hiring those individuals. Wow. 
<laughs> and That's so funny. it basically it said, wait, wait, we sat down. I remember literally because I was sitting in the room for this, and I, we looked at the output, and we went, wait, don't <laughs> hire the highest scoring people? <laughs> wow. And it fed out all the rest of the, the results to us, and basically it, it was – what it came up with was, hey, these are individuals who either... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They know they're really good and they continue shopping for other opportunities or they're getting poached by, um, by headhunters. And so their tenureship with the company is low. In fact, it's so low that in some cases as a salesperson, we're not recouping the profit from their sales versus the investment we put into them as a new individual. And so when we looked at wow. the data, it was like, yeah, this is absolutely totally correct. Wow. Now, what's fun about that, I tell this story every now and then. How many HR managers do you think would ever sit down and go, you know what I should do today? I should figure out if we should continue hiring the best applicants. I know. That's counterintuitive, right? <laughs> that's yeah. wild. And, you know, and so you actually throw out. That's why we really like, we like that. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, that's why no. we really like the idea of utilizing machines and, and AI and ML to make these business decisions. They're unbiased. They don't care. Well, right. So that this is one of my favorite concepts to talk about with respect to AI. Number one, machines don't lie. Number two, machines don't care. They're like kids, right? They're like three-year-old kids. They'll tell you exactly what's on their mind. There's just no filter at all. It just shoots right out the mouth like, you're, you're fat. What? <laughs> you can't say that. Yes, I can. Um, that's great. And you actually reminded me of a really interesting statistic, which is that uh, I think it was a guy named Stu Silverman who's been on the show before. He uh, knows a whole lot about, he's a university guy, knows a lot about training algorithms for AI, and he said that it turns out only about 2% of people are really good at the job of training an algorithm. Now, you'd think it's a simple job, you know, click yes for if this is a muffin, no if it's a dog, for example, that famous uh, meme that you see about AI. But his point was that very few people are diligent and studious and careful enough to do that job well. And let's face it, you don't want to train your algorithms poorly because then they won't work well, right? Can you talk, can you talk too much about um, training algorithms and, and this, the AI that you've used? How are they trained? Yeah, so I mean, training is absolutely critical. If you think of an AI, they're like a newborn child. And so when, mm -hmm. when you start learning to walk, Right. What is the percentage likelihood that a new newborn is going to be able to successfully walk? Well, pretty much zero. Give it a year or so of trying to, to walk, and you're at 10%. And then you start chair surfing, and you're 20, 30, 40, 50. And then by the time you end up at, at four or five years old, chances of falling are down in the one percentiles. And that's training data. Right? Every time that we are doing anything to try to stand up or we're looking at the world around us, that's the training data that's coming in the same thing for for an ai system you have to train it on good data and key ends, we had a little bit of an advantage that we had started collecting data all the way back in in 1984 when we built that internal crm and we sort of knew early on that business is a science so gathering that data was you know just kind of 
part of our of our company. Now, the other advantage that we had is sensors have become ubiquitous to the rest of the world. So right. if we're trying to work with uh, an airport on getting baggage from point A to point B, well, we have to understand that industry. We've got to collect that data. We've got to train the models around that. And then at the same time, if we want to go make uh, cans of soup, well, we've got to understand that. And then, oh, by the way, let's also go help, uh, help, help the Pentagon out with plotting satellite orbits. So right. as far as data, we had to grab just tons and tons and tons of different data to be able to train the models. But we had the advantage that we're in all those different sectors, so we've got the relationships to get that data to try to be able to train the models on it. Well, that's awesome, and I have to say you're in a great position to be able to train some of these algorithms very acutely and very efficiently because, as you suggest, you've got sensors everywhere. To me, this is one of the best use cases for AI because, again, machines don't lie. Now, you can have some random feedback when, let's say, sensors break, for example, but by and large, a sensor is going to give you a very clear and, and realistic view of what the heck's going on out there in the real world. And to your point, Rob, Kians has sensors everywhere. You've got sensors all over creation. And so the, and the, the beautiful thing is the more that you gather, the more time you spend building these models, training these models, implementing them, having them learn, get better and better, deploying the challenger models, for example, you just get a, a knack for this stuff over time and you get better and better at it. And so, folks, we're going to go to break here in just a second, but don't touch that dial. You're listening to the longest-running show in the world on data. That's right, right here on DM Radio. We're talking all about AI. Remember, the narrative is wrong. AI is your friend. I promise you, AI is going to be good stuff. We'll be right back. You're listening to DM Radio. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lay down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. You too can come home to a Purple Mattress by texting SHIP to 84888. And now for a limited time, receive a free Purple product with your order. When you text SHIP to 84888, that's keyword S-H-I-P to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Haul packages for a living? A gas-powered Mercedes-Benz Sprinter delivers. Transport people? A Sprinter van with 0% financing is a five-star idea. If food delivery is your thing, then a gas Sprinter caters to you. And if you're a general contractor, the Sprinter with 0% financing nails it. With innovation, safety, and technology, Sprinter is built for you. And it's built for your bottom line with 0% financing. The Mercedes-Benz Sprinter, starting at just $33,790. And for a limited time with IRS Section 179, 
you could be eligible for up to a $25,000 tax deduction. Gas engine, 0% financing, and a possible tax deduction? Now that's a Sprinter that delivers. Mercedes-Benz. Vans. Born to run. MSRP excludes all options, taxes, title, registration, transportation, charge, and dealer prep fee. Options, bond availability, and actual dealer price may vary. See dealer for details about costs and terms. Only valid on 2018 or 2019 Mercedes-Benz Sprinter vans, excluding cap chassis. Qualified commercial customers only. Financing offer valid through January 2nd, 2020. Consult your tax advisor. For more information, limits may apply. Remember that guy who ran for mayor of New York a few years ago? I don't remember his name. If only there were some sort of tool at my disposal where I could type in a question and get an answer. Anyway, his campaign slogan was, the rent is too damn high. It really is. Next on Dan's Life. Think you've got a good radio show idea? Gab Radio Network can help you with your podcast or radio show. Find out more by emailing sales at gabradionetwork.com. Yes, the rent is too damn high. In my neighborhood, you'd better make a minimum of $100,000 a year to even think of buying a home. And the taxes? Buddy. But me being someone who actually has a heart, I couldn't help but feel it in my throat when I read that those working full-time at a minimum wage can't even afford the rent on a place, on average, anywhere in the country, without paying more than 30% of what they make on housing. Even if you put it up to 40%, I guess you could swing it. But you are entering a danger zone where you can't save a nickel, which means you're going sometime to have a catastrophic financial event. So where these folks, where they can afford a place, isn't where anyone would choose as their first or second place to live. So how do they live, you ask? Well, roommates, of course, multiple people in the home working, working more than 40 hours. What do we do? I don't know. There's enough light out there that it seems that we could bring some new inventory to the market, but who's going to do it? Developers? The government? I seem to recall someone saying once upon a time, boy, who was that? The poor will always be with us, and there's nothing that we can do about it. But to you, if you're on minimum wage, allow me to let you in on something. You are worth more. You can do it, but it's going to mean you're going to need to be uncomfortable. You won't be perfect in your new endeavor, and it won't be easy, but you owe it to yourself. Find out more about Dan's life on Facebook. Search at French and Friends. Being well off may not make you happy, but it can be a lot less stressful. This is Dan's Life. Welcome back to DM Radio. Here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. All right, folks. Back here on DM Radio. And uh, late in our 12th year, it's about time we're going to talk about artificial intelligence in the context of cannabis, baby. That's right. Our next guest is uh, Chad Agate. CTO of a company called Namaste, and they're in the cannabis industry up in Toronto, eh? So, um, Chad, welcome to DM Radio. Tell us a bit about how your company uses artificial intelligence to optimize the sale and distribution of cannabis products. Thanks, Eric. Um, sure. So, it's Namaste. Um, we're using and leveraging machine learning to help people find the best cannabis strain for them. The problem that we're trying to solve or working really hard to solve is, it, is making sure that with the, all of these different strains of cannabis, right, which one works best for, for you? Um, when you think about it, everyone that's kind of tried cannabis probably has that one friend that tried cannabis once and has an, a huge freakout session, right? They were trying to maybe help use it to help them sleep. And instead of helping them sleep, they have a panic attack. What we're trying to do is eliminate that first negative experience by looking at the plant 
chemical profile and offering up the best strain for them. Okay, cool. So we use a variety of different mechanisms to collect that feedback, right? Right, and this is fascinating to me because, uh, let's face it, you get into botany, you get into the makeup of a particular kind of plant, a particular strain, you're talking thousands if not tens of thousands of facets or features that you could focus on with your modules, right? So tell us a bit about what you're able to ascertain by playing around with machine learning on these different strains and how you're able to determine which strain might be good for this purpose or for that purpose. Sure. So we're looking at the each plant has, as you alluded to, has a different uh, chemical profile or chemovar profile. So we look at the different uh, cannabinoids, things like THC, CBD, CBG, CBN, along with the terpenes. These are the things that give the plant uh, these distinct flavors and tastes. Why sour diesel has a bit of a diesely taste. Um, why there's strains that taste like lemons and limes and that kind of thing. So these different compounds in different combinations produce different effects. So we're taking a look at all of these different compounds, and then we're saying, okay, how does this help you, a person with your similar symptoms? And then offer up a recommendation, looking at, instead of just the strain itself, but the actual chemical makeup of the plant or the product, right, as the uh, markets continue to evolve. Yeah, that's just fascinating to me. And, you know, the thing is, it takes time to build up a repository of knowledge about something like this. And it's, it's difficult if you, anyone who studies Western medicine, it's difficult to get to the bottom of even pharmaceuticals and how they operate and what they do and all the different side effects and so forth. But one of the nicer things about a more natural approach is that you theoretically will have less side effects. Is that something that you talk about or have discovered in your research? Um, so we, we aim to reduce the amount of negative side effects. And you're right, there's, uh, we're still collecting a, a lot of data. There's still a lot of data that we need to collect. But our first application, Uppy, was really going out to see, will people tell us, spend time giving us information about the products they're consuming, how much they're consuming them, and, and how they feel after consumption. Right? So we're kind of working through that to collect all of that data, and then really trying to understand what are the positives and negative effects, and trying to eliminate those negative effects everywhere we can. Right. That's great. That's really cool stuff. And then you, you say you base a lot of the research on survey data. Is that right? So you get feedback from the clients. They tell you this worked, that worked, this is how it responded, that's how it responded. All this gets fed into some kind of a machine learning yeah. module. Is that right? Exactly. So we're collecting a lot of direct feedback um, from the client to say which works for them, what didn't work for them. Um, and then when we're they're coming through one of our other platforms, Namaste MD, it's our telemedicine application, we're able to see very specifically what they're talking to the doctors about, and our nurse practitioners, what are their ailments, and try to match hmm. up that data for the new patient. Yeah, that's great. Now, how much, how much data do you collect on the patients? Do you collect any information on the, the kind of food they eat, lifestyle, anything like that, or is it mostly just data on their response to specific strains? It's data on the response, anonymized data on the response to specific strains. I see. So how yeah, this, not only strains, but we're also talking about products as well, right? Like there's, with, with strains, and think about this as a new user, right? There's already thousands of different strains of, of cannabis. As cannabis continues to evolve, when you go into, some people have gone into some dispensaries lately, you're starting to see uh, not only different strains, but also cannabis products, different extracts, 
uh, edibles, all of these other kind of things. So we're looking at, again, what's, what's actually in this product and how is it affecting your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool stuff. So what have been some of the more surprising results that you've seen as you've used machine learning? What, uh, what really stands out in terms of the impact that you've been able to generate using some of these modules? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I think the, the largest one um, is uh, getting, helping, really helping people have that first positive experience, avoiding the first negative experience, um, mm-hmm. and seeing what that's doing their velocity of sales, to be perfectly candid. Right, uh, when the more people have a positive experience, the more likely they are to purchase. So it's helping drive personalization, helping drive revenue. Sure, and, and so it's uh, yeah. My wife actually has a, me- a medical card here for a, a fairly serious condition that she has, and we go down to the dispensary, and the people are very, very nice. This is in Pennsylvania, but nonetheless, kind of to something you mentioned before the show. There are so many opinions being woven into what people suggest you try, and there's there's not yet a really solid foundation of clinical information to kind of guide those decisions. But I think we're moving in that direction, right? And it seems to me that you folks are kind of at the forefront of that in particular. So do you, I'm just kind of curious, do you also share the insights that you've gathered about particular strains and particular side effects and so forth? with the broader community, or is that just with your clients, or how does that work? Um, right now, it's just with our clients. We are talking with a couple universities um, in Canada to start sharing out some of this data. But right now, we're leveraging it to uh, help our clients. And I should also say, uh, not only help the clients, but also help our doctors and nurse practitioners. Um, right? So they, there's, again, hundreds of strains. And when we think about uh, what happens today in Canada, the, when you go see a doctor, they're writing a prescription for cannabis. That's it. Here you go. And there's your recommendation off, off with you. That's basically the equivalent of going to see a doctor, and they're writing you the equivalent of a painkiller. Right? Do I take ibuprofen or do I take oxycodone? Which, which one? So we're, we're really trying to help the doctors understand this is what all the nurse practitioners as well here are the different varieties of cannabis, and here's how these different combinations, different chemobar profiles can help different symptoms. So we're kind of leveraging that data to help the doctors and then help the patients as well and remove some of that confusion in the market. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And I'm just glad that we're getting a nice, solid baseline of information now upon which we can build. And the more industrialized that industry becomes, it seems to me, the more quality control you're going to get, the more information you're going to get to be able to base decisions that are meaningful and accurate. And if someone has that bad experience the first time around, they're not coming back. So if you can find a way exactly. to figure out what ails them, what is the problem that you're having. I mean, it, this is a trend all around the world now. We were talking about this before the show. In Portugal, they either legalized or decriminalized most drugs. I think it's like 15 years ago. It's a while ago now. And from what my research showed, 
they demonstrated wonderful results in terms of crime going down, in terms of all sorts of different factors. And then, you know, that's just good news, right? So now we're seeing it here in the States, of course, Canada. It's been legal for just over a year now. So we're just now starting to, to understand the ramifications of all this. But I will say I find it rather amusing that somehow, some way, we found um, a path to, a path to uh, saying that a plant is against the law. <laughs> of course, technically, it's possession of the plant that's against right. the law, right? Possession is 90% of the law, as they say. Uh, but it's a plant. It's been here a lot longer than human beings have been here. So it's just kind of arrogant for humans to say, no, this plant yeah. is against the law. Poor plant. He's like, really? I thought I was doing just fine. But that's cool. This is cool stuff. Exactly. So um, how, how big is the company? How many employees do you have? Or like, what can you tell us about Namaste? Um, there's, we have about 130 employees out of Toronto, and a lot of our engineering team is distributed. Um, in our engineering team, there's about 60 people, um, and we're a fairly distributed team from Ukraine, Russia, all over Europe, South America. We really try oh, to find great. the best minds that we can to help us solve these problems. Yeah, that's great. We, we in fact, use some developers from the Ukraine, and they do a fantastic job. I really, I really appreciate what they do. And you can be federated now, right? If one of my, uh, our new senior analyst, Evren Chucker, out of Silicon Valley, actually out of the Oakland area, we were talking about this trend, and uh, what was her name? Marissa Meyer from Yahoo, I think, really went down the wrong road in facilitating this trend of bringing everybody back into the office. And he's saying, why do you want your developers in the office? Because we can work at home, and we can be on Slack. We can be talking to each other. There's really no reason for us to be sitting here amidst the salespeople and the marketing people and the admin people, et cetera. And he joked that it never fails. You put your headphones on. You're about to go into the zone. Someone taps you on the shoulder. Hey, we wanted to talk to you about this new product. You're just like, oh, I was just about to get there. Exactly. Because when you're an engineer, when you're coding for a living, it's so important to stay focused. He was joking. He said, whenever they tap you on the shoulder, that's going to be a bug. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a problem, right? For sure. Exactly. So exactly. cool. So how long have you been using the machine learning modules just in general? Is it right from the outset of the company? Was that part of the strategic plan? Um, we, so we started, uh, we were initially a hardware company, right? Selling, uh, we're online head shop, selling bongs, vaporizers, uh, dab rigs, this kind of thing. And we ran across a company called uh, Findify, a personalization machine learning company, um, and started leveraging them on some of our e-commerce sites. Uh, and as we started looking and getting more from moving from an online head shop and working directly with the cannabis plant itself, we started asking some questions to the teams over at uh, Findify. Um, and we started talking through some different things. How would we be able to leverage this with cannabis? And through the conversations, we decided to acquire them. And then mm. instead of working on generalized algorithms, really focusing in the algorithms on to cannabis directly. So, um, and we still operate Findify but really focusing on solving the cannabis problem and how do we remove some of the confusion in the market and help people make better decisions. Well, and to kind of help our audience understand what you do with these things, you know, really, uh, the way I describe it, AI does a couple of different things. There are two large buckets of functionality into which they fall. And it seems to me one is basically segmentation or classification, trying to understand different groups or different uh, departments or different segments within a large overall group. And the other one is optimizing a decision point. And that second one 
theoretically improves over time, again, if you train it properly, right? So what you want to use these algorithms for is to understand what you're looking at and then find some way to optimize the decision point, in your case, which product to recommend to this customer versus which product to recommend to that customer. Is that about right? Exactly. That's exactly correct. And, and whether that be uh, a, a different strain of cannabis or a different vaporizer cartridge, a different salve or cream, a CBD tincture, or vaporizer, or uh, bong or dab rig. That's so wild. And so do you get into consumption methods, too, like edibles versus tinctures versus, you know, the, the flour, as they now call it, yep. versus the, the pens and all that? And what, what, what can you share with us about that? Sure. Uh, through our UPI application, we are asking uh, what the mode of consumption is, right? So we want to be able to understand how are people who are consuming cannabis, be it an edible or a tincture, how is that affecting their body versus the people that are consuming with a vaporizer or using a combustion method, burning a joint or smoking a bong? Right. So we, we're looking at all of these different kind of different pieces. Each one has a little bit different effect, right? When you're eating mm -hmm. an edible, there's actually things that are happening with cannabis as it's moving through your body. It changes mm -hmm. dramatically for those who have had edibles. Um, they're typically uh, helpful until they're not. Um, but we really, it really changed the way that it works in the body. We really want to help people understand that. Yeah, that's so cool. And so the the, the end consumer who purchases it purchases some particular product. They don't really see the machine learning. They just get the benefit of what's happening, right? Can you talk about where rubber meets road? How the machine learning actually affects some business process? Is it that in, baked into your system as you're looking up, as the doctor is looking up? what particular product to recommend to a customer under the hood, the AI is running and helping shepherd that doctor toward the right decision? Is that how it works? Uh, so the, I guess the first touch point would be with our cold recommender, and that's happening okay. after they, you know, these are for patients that move through the flow of Namaste MD, right? So they meet with a nurse practitioner or a doctor via telemedicine. They have all of their ailments told to the nurse practitioner or doctor. We put those into the machine learning algo. They get recommended two specific strains or products that would work best for them. I right, love so it. Phase one. Do the cold Good stuff. All right, we'll pick up phase two after the break here, folks. We're talking to a couple experts in machine learning and artificial intelligence. One does sensors. The other does cannabis. I love it. We're all over the map today, folks, on DM Radio. We'll be right back. You're listening to DM Radio. Howdy folks, Colonel Sanders here to tell you about my brand new mix and match any two for six bucks deal at KFC. Pick from any two famous bowl, pot pie, tenders, and crispy kernel sandwich. The possibilities are endless. <gasps> you can get a KFC famous bowl and a pot pie, or tenders in a sandwich, or a pot pie and tenders, or a sandwich in a famous bowl, or a sandwich in a pot pie, or a pot pie in a pot pie, or well, it's not actually endless, but you get the idea. It's a whole lot of possibilities. This isn't rocket science, folks. It's just chicken math. Mix and match any two for six bucks at KFC. It's finger-licking good. At participating KFCs for a limited time. Prices may vary. Tax extra. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... And Doug. Where's the money, Karen? I'm sorry, the money? The money is saved by having Liberty Mutual customize your home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Oh. <laughs> That money. I used it to add to my collection of clown paintings. <laughs> Take a look. Ah, I mean, ah, amazing. Wow. 
Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at Liberty Mutual. Are you prepared for the upcoming season? Get immune support you can really count on. Quantum Nutrition Labs has three key players for optimal immune support on special. One-of-a-kind, all-natural, vegan, vitamin D3 and K2. Garlic complex with its high, concentrated amounts of allicin. And all-natural, plant source vitamin C. Buy two bottles, get the third one free. Call 888-588-7578. That's 888-588-7578. Or visit us online at qnlabs.com. That's qnlabs.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Bob Marshall, Ph.D., host of Healthline. Tune in to get your questions answered and hear the latest breakthrough information for you and your family. Our product line, Quantum Nutrition Labs, delivers what others only promise, nutrition that really works. Here is today's top automotive tech story. I'm Nick Miles. Nissan says that their new RDA system, Rear Door Alert, will be in 10 of its nameplates and will be available on all four-door trucks, sedans, and SUVs by 2022. RDA uses sequence logic, the center instrument panel message display, and multiple horn honks to help remind drivers to check the rear seat after the vehicle is parked. For more automotive tech news, go to testmiles.com. The Toyota Prius is now available with electronic all-wheel drive, which means it has the highest MPG of any vehicle equipped with all-wheel drive. Visit toyota.com slash testmiles to learn more. Prius all-wheel drive E operates at speeds up to 43 MPH based on the U.S. Department of Energy data as of February 13, 2019. Excludes all electric vehicles. You're listening to Global American Broadcasting, the Gab Radio Network. For more info on our programs and services, including technical operations and syndication... Welcome back to DM Radio. Here's your host, Eric Cavanaugh. All right, folks. Back here on DM Radio talking all things artificial intelligence for sensors and for plants. We were just talking to Chad Agate from Namaste, who walked us through phase one of how machine learning helps his company shepherd the right product to the right customer and right cannabis product, I should say. And we're about to go into phase two when the break came around, Chad. So share with us the phase two of that process. Sure. So phase two is after they have that and the customer has that initial purchase, then they're able to give us some feedback after consumption. So how did this really affect them and provide us some of that additional feedback? When they're providing that, that additional feedback, we're sucking in that data and then as they browse our site, uh, our CanMart site, uh, the product grids, the information and data that they see is being shifted based on their personal product, right? So we're taking in that data and adjusting it, showing the products with the chemical profiles or chemobar profiles that they said work best for them, shifting those products to the top of the grid, moving those products up to the top of the search, so more in front of their faces and maybe offer better and better, better recommendations over time. Two major areas. Yeah, so as the results come in and you get feedback from your clients, yes, that's what I wanted, yes, that's what I wanted, that's when you're building out the profile of the successful recommendation, which you can then apply back to the algorithm to train it even better, and thus, over time, theoretically, it gets better and better at, at identifying the correct product for the correct use case, right? 
Exactly. That's exactly the case. Yeah, that's so cool. I just love this stuff. And uh, we'll bring Rob Ortiz back in from Keyence. And, Rob, I really am just amazed by the story, and I'm so glad that your founder decided to tip his hand and show the world what's going on. But there are some other reasons why you're now in this big PR campaign, right, to share with the business world the power of AI assistance. And once again, Keyence has been doing this for 12-plus years now. So we have Siri, we have Alexa. They're relatively new to the scene. But uh, Keyence was was way out ahead of the game and uh, it shows in your bottom line, right? So tell us a bit about the, the new product that you're spinning out. Well, it's not really even so much a new product. What we've decided is now that we've kind of done this for about 11 years and it's worked fairly well, uh, we're decided that there's still a lot of companies we'd like to see be better at data-driven initiatives. And so we took a tool that we had built internally, and we said, all right, let's bring it out to the open market space. So Kai, uh, Kai is a Japanese word, which means to change. And it's a product that was internally designed to convert new people who joined the company into full data analysts. So you can sit somebody down and in just a couple of minutes get them up to the level of, of somebody who's had five or six years of data analytics experience. And we're bringing that open to the open market uh, as kind of an entry entry product as that first step. And depending on how people take that, we may look at opening up the rest of our AI fleet to the open market as well. Yeah, that's really cool. And Kai is the actual AI assistant, right? So remind me, I think, didn't you say every employee has his or her own, his or her own instance of Kai? Is that how it works? Yeah, basically it's... it's Within Keyends, everybody has the ability to access Kai, so it's like everybody has their own dedicated data analyst. So if you ever want to ask a question on how do I do this or do that, you just reach out to Kai and you say, hey, I want to increase uh, traffic to our website. And Kai will mm -hmm. look through all the data sets and it says, oh, well, these are the types of pages that are the most interesting. We should add more of these pages. And, oh, I found a bunch of individuals who aren't being reached out to, let's add them to our next marketing campaign. And it does all that in a couple of minutes, and you're up and running. Yeah, I love that. I mean, and so here's what I love the most about all of these data-driven initiatives, especially AI-enabled ones, is that you're always going to find something that you didn't expect. At least that's my impression in all the times I've played around with data and analytics. There's always something that kind of jumps out at you. And the point is, especially with use cases that are very complex that have many different facets or many features that could create some covariance or some predictable uh, predictability quotient, if you will, you're always going to find something interesting and new. And I'll throw this over to Chad. Has that been your experience that uh, you have your theory about what's going on, but there's always something in the data that's like, wow, I didn't expect to see that. What, what do you think, Chad? For sure, for sure. We do see that quite a bit when we're expecting uh, someone to really like our initial data sets that suggest that one strain or another will be particularly popular or won't be all that popular. And we see a different population really gravitating towards one strain or another. So we've seen that quite a bit, actually. <clears throat> there is one uh, strange observation I made just last night or the night before, in fact. So for those who use Google Mail, especially if you use the client, like in Gmail itself, if you use that client through the web browser, you may have noticed now Gmail is suggesting the rest of your sentence for you, which is pretty interesting in and of itself. That's some kind of machine learning module they have underneath where it literally has just tracked all the different things that people write, all the different language. But what I found kind of odd is that now 
we're going to see the machines and the AI in particular kind of shepherding and maybe to a certain degree calcifying how we communicate with each other because people will just accept, certain people will just accept what it, what it suggests because they don't type necessarily that fast. I mean, I'm a typist myself, so I prefer to type things out as I want to articulate them. I don't often use the um, suggestions because, frankly, for me, and I think it's like a control right key or something that you hold down on the Mac to accept the recommendation. It actually takes about as long for me to do that as it would just to type it out normally because I can type quickly. But I'll turn this over to Rob. There is an interesting skew now that we're going to see because of recommendations becoming so so persistent. Well, what do you think about that? That's where you have to kind of shake up the algorithms now and again to kind of rattle it a little bit to keep it honest or keep it dynamic. What do you think about that, Rob? There's a there's an interesting law inside uh, statistics, and it's just kind of the law of large numbers. And it's interesting when you start getting into how human psychology works that we're actually fairly predictable creatures when it comes to the larger pool, the larger data set. So while we look at an individual and we say, yeah, there's definitely going to be some things we have to shake up in that routine, it is interesting because, as you were saying there, the, uh, the, the terminologies and the words and verbiage and such that individuals are using, it becomes more and more the voice of the collective, right? Because as we get larger numbers and larger sample sets, it kind of averages out. It's like a really long average value. Uh, and when you start really getting deeper into the statistics of it, there's a lot of ways that you can manipulate some of that. You can take smaller populations and multiply the inputs uh, that they go into the average and try to shake it up. But I think one of the best ways that I've seen some machine learning models uh, change themselves is they'll start off with a base code and they'll say, hey, here's a, a sample of what the, the larger population does, but let's tweak this a little bit more towards you. Let's say we use only 50% of what the global population does, and 50% comes directly from you, and we kind of get a hybrid of the both. And that's kind of the best way that I love to see machine learning used. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a combination. I think this is the real key, right? You're never going to see AI just take off by itself and take over the business and just run with it. Or I mean, If someone does that, I think there will be some unpleasant results. But I'll throw this back over to Chad. There is a real dynamic between the human and the algorithm or the human and the machines just like you have with riding a horse or driving a car or using standard machinery using equipment using tools it's the same thing so really this is just the next set of technologies that are augmenting what human beings do and there's something to be said for for understanding the rhythm of the AI that you're using understanding when to use it, how to use it, where to use it, when not to rely on it. And, of course, I should point out that uh, artificial intelligence, when it makes predictions, will not always be correct, right? You're not going to get a 100% um, correct predictability capability in your AI, and it's important to remember that. It's just going to suggest things, and, of course, you have to watch out for overfitting the models. But uh, real quick, Chad, I'll throw it over to you. There is this real key component of leveraging AI effectively that involves how the humans do it and what they do with it and just in general how they interact with the AI, right Chad? For sure. And uh, you can see, like when we look at it specifically for our the use cases at Namaste, uh, when we're looking at how we're, we're making recommendations on the, on the clinical side, we're using that to augment the doctor and the nurse practitioners, right? So to help narrow down the focus, instead of showing them 2,000 strains and 10,000 products, and they're just like, ah, oh, what do I do? Right, you can leverage machine learning to show them whether the, the top 
10 or 15 products for this patient's condition, right? And start whittling that down to augment the decision-making process. Right. No, that's exactly right. And I'll throw that back over to you, Rob, as well. It's augmenting your job. So it's going to distill very complex decisions into relatively simple ones. So as Chad was suggesting, instead of 5,000 options, it'll give you three or four based upon the data. Once again, based upon the data, this is what we suggest you do. And in that sense, again, you're, you're over time learning better and better how to leverage it, what kinds of questions to ask it, how to phrase those questions. These are all component parts of a success story for AI. Right, Rob? Completely and totally agree. There's a thought process that we've kind of used here inside Keyens for a while, and it's that we can create the most all-powerful genie imaginable, right? We can build an AI mm. system that is able to calculate anything, and we can make the most beautiful lamp, right? We can, we can make it really easy to use and a nice, easy-to-use interface and flashy screens and not the visuals and the data, but at the end of the day, it's the skill of the wisher to be able to make the proper question or make the proper request in order to get what you want. Uh, it's that difference of how do we end world hunger? Well, the answer is an infinite supply of bologna sandwiches versus maybe <laughs> how do we ensure everyone has enough to eat, right? <laughs> they're, they're different, <laughs> different, different questions and answers. I love that we just got uh, an infinite supply of bologna sandwiches on DM Radio. On a show where we're talking about cannabis. That's funny. All right, folks, we've had a lot of fun today. Big thanks to our guests out there. Send me an email, info at dmradio.biz. We'd love to get you on the show next year. You've been listening to DM Radio. Psst. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Do you know where you are? Well, you've done it now. You're listening to KCAA Loma Linda your CNBC news station. So expect the unexpected. This segment sponsored by the all-new Dickie's Legit Barbecue Pit, now open in Yucaipa, specializing in six different mouth-watering, delicious, savory, smoked barbecue meats. Dickie's, where you can satisfy your hunger with fall-off-the-bone ribs, tender pulled pork, tasty beef brisket, chicken jalapeno, cheddar spicy sausage, and regular kibasa too. It's hard to improve on their lip-smacking tasty home-style sides like creamy mac and cheese, down-home baked potato casserole, traditional barbecue beans, and more. Kids get treated with no-charge meals on Sunday and Dickie's tosses in complimentary ice cream for everybody. Take a vacation from the kitchen this holiday with complete no-fuss meals. Dickie's in Yucaipa, tucked into the corner of the Bond Shopping Center at the corner of Oak Glen and Yucaipa Boulevard. Dickie's Legit Barbecue Pit with food you'll never forget. Google Dickie's Yucaipa. Are you having trouble sleeping? Are you always tired and worn out? Is it affecting your work and personal life? Well, South Pacific Sleep Lab can help you out. South Pacific Sleep Lab provides a personal study of your sleep patterns. With their trained specialists, they will diagnose your sleep habits and will give you a prognosis for getting a great relaxing night of sleep. South Pacific Sleep Lab has locations throughout Southern California, including Fontana, and will provide transportation to any of their locations at no cost to you. South Pacific Sleep Lab will give you the help you need 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. To find out more, give them a call at 844-SAD-5050. That's 844-SAD-5050. South Pacific Sleep Lab. Start resting easy 
and sleeping sound today. Medical scientists worldwide are encouraging people to eat more fish. Most American diets are low in cold water fish that are abundant in important omega-3 oils. DHA and EPA are the vital components of fish oil that provide healthy benefits. Not only are they crucial for brain and vision development, they're very important for cardiovascular health. Carlson, America's leading Norwegian fish oil brand, specializes in both great-tasting soft gels that are easy to swallow and fish oil liquids that don't taste fishy. That's right, Carlson provides the most extensive line of fish oils to meet all your needs. You can take Carlson fish oils with confidence. For Carlson fish oils are tested for purity, potency, and freshness. Ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. That's right, ask for Carlson Norwegian fish oils today. Are you looking for health care using a non-toxic medical approach to regain your health? My name is Gilberto Alvarez, MD. My 40 years of experience using non-toxic approaches to health problems, including cancer, allow me to provide you with effective, proven, safe treatment for your health. Call 619-405-5199. That number again, 619-405-5199. The Stella Maris Clinic in Tijuana, Mexico, five minutes from the U.S.-Mexico border. It's time for NBC Radio News on KCAA Loma Linda. Brought to you by Green Kong Dispensary, the Inland Empire's finest curated medical and recreational dispensary. Google GreenKong.com. Agnet West today. A labor bill which has gathered support of the California Farm Bureau and many other organizations was just passed out of the House. More after this. Grape growers, you can't eliminate bloom diseases like powdery mildew and botrytis but you can outsmart them. The Luna family of fungicides from Bayer provides you with two well-proven, high-performing formulations. Both offer multiple built-in modes of action for effective resistance management, and their different composition offers rotational flexibility for an enhanced IPM program. So give your wine grapes the protection they need through the season and for years to come. Learn more at lunagrapegameplan.com. Always read and follow label instructions. Water, a precious natural resource and essential for all farmers. But how much is too much or too little? And when is the best time to irrigate? Irrigation Water Management can answer those and other dilemmas by combining your knowledge of your farm with technical knowledge of plant, soil, and today's technology. At USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service, we've seen farmers like you add 5, 10, 15% or more to your water savings using IWM. NRCS specialists can help you optimize water savings through management. NRCS, helping people help the land.